0: Media at SAFM, Sundays, 8 to 10 a.m. Your free on-air consultation on marketing, advertising, media and brand communication matters. Welcome back. You are on media at SAFM. I'm Lizette Khan. I'm standing in for Ashraf Garda. Um, please feel free to give us a call on 89 uh, We are going to be talking all things media. We've already had a few interesting discussions so far this morning. You can also SMS us on 40938. Of course, these SMSs are charged at one 50 Also, do hit us up on Twitter. It's at SAFM.org radio. As we said, we do have an eye on profile this morning and we've got Tanda Hoppa who is a model uh, lawyer, actress and activist in studio. So if you do have any questions for her, please, please, please do uh, give us a call and uh, you will be have an opportunity to chat to her. Just looking at some of the SMSs that we have received, um, we've got one that says, what do we do um, and the worries, that, the worries that we see in South Africa, daily process, vandalism, burning trains, buses, taxis, libraries, municipal offices, home, shops, spuzzers. Whoa, you can add to the list. Then we wonder why we have the reputation that we do. Um, this is from B We've also got one that says media matters. Why are countries racist tweets by black people against whites? Okay, but one unguarded remark by white becomes national news. That's from Wendy in Cape Town. We've also got an SMS that came in that said apartheid and capitalism created for post-apartheid South Africa, a condition of whiteness which essentially informs the privilege of white people and their Narrative. And on the other hand, a liberation struggle consolidated blackness, which demands emancipation of black people. The two worlds cannot coexist. That's Magape and Pretoria. Interesting views coming through on the SMS line. Just to speak to the one on regard to reputation, it's also interesting to see what um, Dr. Uh, uh, Petrus de Kock brought up about the fact that actually, as South Africans, we might be holding ourselves to a much higher standard um, and we don't see the good in our own country while people from across the world. Bro- uh, all across the world actually vote us a lot higher when it comes to our own internal um, reputation. And then just those two with social media and racism, very interesting that both Lance, as well as Nondamiso, brought out the fact that, yes, it is a space for us to air our views that maybe we didn't have that space before. um, But we also need to take into consideration that there is responsibility that comes with that. Now, with freedom comes responsibility. And I think somebody who's taken on a lot of responsibility is Tando Hopath. Tando, thank you very, very much for coming in today to chat to us on SAFM.
1: Thank you for having me, Lizette.
0: Now, Tondo, I, I must say, I've seen some of you know the pictures from the 2018 Pirelli calendar. It is by Tim Walker, and the pictures basically you know capture a very surreal world of dreams. It looks at you know the, the old Lewis Carroll story of Alice in Wonderland. So mm-hmm. it's got a lot of various characters from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are one of the characters, and I believe you said that it's actually a fictional character. So they wanted you so much that they made somebody up. <laughs>
1: Well, I wouldn't say that, um, but uh, yes, Tim just totally made up the character. Princess of Hearts doesn't actually exist in the story. So yeah, and what was
0: the experience like for you? I know it was some time ago, but you know it must have been you know a, quite a surreal experiment, uh, well, experience for yourself because mm. the likes of Whoopi Goldberg, P. Diddy, Jamon Hassoon, these are all people that you kind of look and you think, uh, you know, it's an,
1: it's almost in another world. Mm. Um, you know, I think it was extremely amazing. It was incredible. Um, seeing these people who you could only like reach on a television screen, on a magazine. Um, but I think mostly, for me, the reason why this was so effective mm-hmm. is that when when we did this thing with the Pirelli calendar, I had like an extensive discussion with Tom Walker about it. And we were really talking about image monopolies and why Alice has only looked one way and her wonderland has only looked one way or has only been portrayed one way. And there was absolutely no reason to, you know, um, not portray it differently because the fictional world is just full of possibilities. That's fiction. Fiction is possibility. And, you know, being with people, icons and legends who come together and... Really tell this particular story—not just the story of Alice who tumbled down, but the story of the, uh, there are no image monopolies on mm-hmm. possibilities, you know. And I thought that was just—it was incredible. I mean, I had like this beautiful heart-to-heart with Whoopi, and I—I I told her that I really respect everything that she's re- represented, you know. I think I connected with her most, and I, I can't explain that experience. It was just—it it, it was it just filled me with warmth and inspiration.
0: Now talking about that warmth and inspiration, um, you know, I've read a little bit about you and uh, about the way that, as you said, not, you know, you know, you've taken a sabbatical mm-hmm. when it comes to being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You are, many people see you as, as an activist. I don't know if you would give yourself that term. You <laughs> are also, you know, writing poetry and you basically don't feel any qualms about, uh, you performing that. Um, there's a lot of passion underlying with yourself. Where does that come from?
1: I think um, my parents, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think they nurtured a, a sense of purpose, you know, in everything that I did. I mean, I think my father always asked the right questions and my mother always kind of expanded on the right visions. And I think that really nurtured who I am right now. But I think also, you know, a lot of life experiences kind of take you in a particular direction, despite the fact that, you know, you could have parents who are a particular way... But I think life experiences kind of really make you start seeing the things that you'd like to rectify in the world and uh, from your own anecdotal experiences. And you just want to change those things.
0: Well, we'll carry on talking about a little bit about change just after the break. Um, and we'll discuss how you changed to, be co- to going in <laughs> to, to basically modeling in the first place. 105.1, the home of SAFM in Johannesburg. Johannesburg. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. This is Mira SAFM, and we are talking to Tanda Hopa, who is a model as well as a lawyer as lo- as, lo- as well as an activist. Now, I, I, we were talking about identity. We were talking about identity monopoly. Um, and you, I think that when people, the first thing you know, people see when they see you is somebody who's living with albinism. Do you find that that is a notion that you have to overcome as you walk through the door? Um, and and what have been some of the experiences that you have had? that have kind of made you look at life a little bit differently,
1: if any? Um, I think when you when you look at it, you have to kind of understand that people have so many um, things within them, so many narratives within them, so mm-hmm. many life experiences within them. And you have to look at intersectionality and the fact that, yes, I've got albinism and, yes, I'm a woman and I'm black, I'm South African, I'm African, I'm all of these things, right? But when you... S- In terms of me feeling like I have albinism, (laughs) it depends on what's happening at whatever stage, in whatever moment. For instance, if I'm walking in Johannesburg CBD at 8 o'clock at night and I'm alone, what do I feel then? I don't feel albinism. I feel being a woman. That's that's what comes into play there. If I'm being called a a nasty name, a derogatory name, and the name is Leswafi, then that's when the albinism comes in so i think it really it depends on different things and i think what actually got me into prosecution for instance or even what what got me into modeling Um, is because of the social ills that I felt. With modeling, it was albinism in particular, but I think the more I grow, the more I realize that the complexities of the social ills are are much bigger, just even for me. And with prosecution, I really just wanted to really deal with a lot of the sexual violence that, you know, we were facing in in, in this country, or we are facing in this country. So it's like, you know... (laughs) The the different things. It's not just one particular aspect of my life that made me want to do certain things.
0: Now talking about you know, the, it's basically about the context in which you find yourself. Mm-hmm. You have you 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 were at 2012, I think, uh, when when Khairjan uh, basically basically found you, mm-hmm. actually stopped you in a mall, mm-hmm. um, and that that's when you th- when you went into modeling. So it's mm-hmm. been five years since then. Mm-hmm. The context of your life has changed. Mm. Where do you find yourself currently and what is the narrative that you'd like to follow with your life at the moment?
1: Currently, I think I would really like to, with the voice that I have now you know amassed i'd like to create a world where diversity just becomes a genuine thing you know mm-hmm. in terms of not just i think you know things like television and media i think they're underutilized in their educational capacity great as well as in in, in terms of the perception fueling capacity i think images and, and and storytelling and narratives really help inform a particular culture and i think in, we're just we're just underutilizing those platforms and I'd like to really carry that message out there and also be that person who actually brings that kind of narrative, the narratives that I want into this platform, you know? Um I don't know if I've answered the <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely answered my question. But I don't know if any of our,
0: our listeners do have a question. If you do, please give us a call 891 or send us an SMS. That's 40938. Of course, those SMSs are charged at 150. Alternatively, you can go to our Twitter page. That's at SAFM Radio or just hit me up. It's at Lizzie underscore Khan. We are with Tanda Hopan. And Tanda, you've taken a sabbatical um, from the law fraternity mm. to explain other avenues, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of those things that you say that you've been putting off for years and why have you chosen this time to do it?
1: Um, I think I experienced what people would call a certain return <laughs> or a quarter life crisis. <laughs> 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 um, I think, you know, um, when I finished, when I, when I was on my fourth year, I had already decided I had been contemplating for a while. Uh, although really I did love prosecuting and I, I felt very strongly about sexual offense cases and that's why I say sabbatical because I probably will return to the legal fraternity but probably in a different manner, maybe not as a prosecutor per se. Um, but I I really wanted to do things like write more and act. Mm-hmm. It's something I wanted to do since I was a child and I thought, mm, you know what, let me pause and I wasn't actually leaving prosecution for modeling. I just left prosecution but didn't leave modeling, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. So one just continued. And and then somehow those like it, it all just became serendipitous because then I got invited to Sundance and got to the director's lab and met people like Robert Bradford, and it was incredible. And, you know, I mean... I, one day my book is gonna be out, guys. <laughs> but you know, but even in, in in terms of understanding the world and then my writing capacity, just everything just started growing, and now I find myself in in a situation where I think things grew bigger than I expected. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you feel overwhelmed by the fact that things have gotten bigger than you expected, or do you feel excited?
1: I feel both because I think, you know, um, the thing about the bigness of things is that they come with a great deal of responsibility, mm-hmm. as you said earlier. And I think the recognition of that responsibility is what starts weighing, you know, um, because I think I'm a person who's quite hard on myself. <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd like to know that whatever it is that I'm doing is just building world that I'd like to live mm-hmm. in, you know. And then you know, you really kind of become very analytical in terms of everything you do. And you make sure that and you're like okay, okay, if I make this decision how is it going to affect narratives in the next five years, in the next 10 years, you know? Uh, So I think, yeah, I think I spend a lot of time in my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Most writers spend a lot of time in their head. Trust me on that one. Uh, When it comes to legacy, because that's what you're talking about, about Mm. the fact that you are hard on yourself because, you know, you want to leave a world better than the world that you found, Mm. you know, that that you're currently living in. Mm. So legacy-wise, quarter-life crisis, you're still (laughs) extremely young. But what is that kind of world? If, if you had to close your eyes, what is the kind of world that you would like to leave behind and the legacy you'd like to leave behind?
1: I would like us to accept difference. That's the first thing. But also I'd like us to feel strong identities, you know, e- even in our intersectionality. I'd like us to feel strong personal identities. I'd like black women to, to, to see themselves in a particular way, black women who are different, white women Anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, an older black man, the way we view age, the way we view all of these things, I'd like them to just be strengthened in terms of narratives, Mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, one day you're so happy saying, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, because there's something about that narrative that has grown. There's been image and perception narratives that have changed how we view women now from the way we we view the word women And what that is 50 years ago. And the same thing with black. And I'd like with albinism for it to be the same thing. So when people say, well, you have albinism and it's not a a thing, you know. Mm. Like it's not something that you just don't even want to talk about. Why don't you want to talk about it? It's because the narratives and the perceptions around it have just made you feel like you have some kind of inferiority complex. And I, I don't want that narrative to exist. I want all of these narratives to just be strengthened. And diversity needs to be a genuine thing
0: diversity definitely needs to be a, a genuine thing and you know the thing about it is that un- we are talking about media previously mm. and you were talking about your parents previously and about mm. the support structures that go around with that to strengthen that identity mm. um, we'll get back to that in, in a few seconds time let's first take a break the home of SAFM in Peter, Maritzburg. Peter Maritzburg. SAFM South Africa's news and information leader you are on SAFM. I'm Lizette Kahn. I'm standing in for Ashraf Garda for Media at SAFM. I have Tana Hopper with me in studio, basically discussing her huge strides that she has made, not just in South Africa, but um, internationally, and uh, the great icon that she is in the process of becoming. Of course, we also have our SMS line open, and um, we have a, a response coming through that says, if responsibility is an ability to respond to situations, then it implies that our responsibility to control how." react to other people opinions uh not to censor them um so yeah i i, I kind of get what they're saying that mm-hmm. basically you know we if if we're going to say that we our responsibility is, is able to respond to situations and other people then we shouldn't basically censor what other people are doing do you agree with that do you do you think that censorship is something that is important in the space in media um in in life in general in which we find ourselves
1: <laughs> I think the question, honestly, is too broad for me, um, because uh, it, it censorship in in what context and in, in in which sense? I mean, I think you look at South Africa, and for instance, the right to freedom of expression. I think we have quite utilized that. We've utilized it effectively, and the thing about expression and and, and opening yourself up to other people's ideas, however. Um, however controversial they are, is that it really enforces growth in society. Mm -hmm. And it actually also starts enforcing tolerance and acceptance you know but it does depend on 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 how far it goes and that's why you've got limitations you know even in the constitution you've got limitation clauses to say well you can do something but you can't go too far because there are times when things can be damaging to society so i i think it it depends
0: (laughs) it it, it does depend certainly uh, like you said between that fine line between stimulating growth and mm. that uncomfortable space that you're in where you where you basically need to look at things from a different perspective other than your own mm. and then where it becomes intrusive and basically stands on becomes you know a, a kind of blights your own right to freedom of expression and your own right to being um, and, and your own right to humanity. So there, sometimes there's a very, very fine line. Mm. But I also think that that's where you need to have that strong identity that you were mentioning earlier. Mm. Mm. That strong identity of what it means to be black, what it means to be a female. Mm. Um, Steve Biko often said that you could take away you know, apartheid and you could take away race. But if people, as, as a black consciousness, if you weren't confident of who you were as an individual, it made no difference because you still had that segregation in your mind. Mm. Um you, you mentioned media playing a big role in that. Mm. Um how do you think media can change those perceptions?
1: You know, I think um well first of all media plays a a, a big role indeed but you also need kind of other pillars, you mm-hmm. know. You have let's say protest action, you have education, you have laws and legislation, you know, um all of these things need to work together. And I think, for instance, if you see something like um, homosexuality and how it was viewed, let's say, 30 years ago, you know, and the laws and the legislation and how that has actually advanced with time as long as as well as the media that we've seen. So you start seeing particular couples, you know, um, 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 homosexual couples, and mm-hmm. then you see them portrayed in a particular way, and that, ne- that way is not negative. Then society starts... F- You know, you start feeding society a particular kind of narrative and information and understanding, you know. But also, you can't also overburden media. You can't overburden television. You have to have these other pillars coming in to also kind of couch society's consciousness in terms of whatever it is, whatever issue that you're trying to to put out or whatever tolerance or acceptance you're trying to push, you know. So I think in terms of media, just, just show the life that you want. You know, show people. For instance, I always say that you know, with with albinism, there was this kind of trend where, um, not even there was there is <laughs> <laughs> this kind of trend where there's this extraordinary feature about you. You know, in television, it's either it's either portrayed negatively or it's portrayed as some kind of extraordinary um, supernatural, supernatural. You know, yeah. and I I would I would really like in order for people to understand what albinism is and in order to incorporate uh, a particular understanding in society, then show them, show a woman who has albinism just loving some a guy, mm-hmm. you know, having a child. Just a normal story, just a normal story. Let people see it. And when people see it, then they can incorporate it and see people as normal instead of, giving them, portraying them as supernatural, then people start thinking, oh, well, not even start thinking, you may be even enforcing something that's already there because I've had people touch me thinking I'm good luck. And we don't need those narratives. I mean, not even, and I won't even say we won't need them. Let me say, these narratives can can be there, right? But you have to broaden it. Mm. So if you want to portray somebody with albinism and as a supernatural, whatever, it's okay. But broaden the narrative and also look at the target market for the narratives that you you're, you're putting out yeah. there. You know,
0: Tando, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Tando, take thank you so much for taking the time to 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 unpack. All of this, because I think that a lot of times we have so many ideas in our head of what we perceive society to be, um, but we don't often know what people's lived reality is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what you're trying to say that, you know, show the realness of an individual in the moment, not how we portraying them as somebody that they're not. Mm-hmm. We do have a caller on the line. Um, he is from Pretoria. Uh, please, thank you for joining us this morning. Tando is listening.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, my name is Mukuseli uh, Makatala.
0: Yes, Mukasele.
1: Uh, from Soshanguve, north of Pretoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I like the talk of today with Tanda Opa, her confidence, gallantry, and audacity in facing issues. And I like her participation in many things in life that will prove her that she's a woman of Africa. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and one other little thing I like about her, the point that uh, she lives with albinism, it's no issue to her. And same applies to me. I'm a blind person, but uh, I don't care because I keep myself smart always. <laughs> thank,
0: thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very uh, much for the call. Appreciate that. Do you, do you find that a lot? Do you find that there are a, a lot of people who will who come up to you and say, thank you, you've been a role model um, and somebody that they could look up to? Is that a huge responsibility that you're carrying?
1: yes and no (laughs) i think um people the uh, people at at, at a certain stage felt a little bit of a vacuum you know they were looking for for images not just not just for themselves but for their children for their sisters for their brothers you know and the thing about you looking different is that you're not only speaking to the issues of albinism you're speaking to the issues of people who may have been made to feel inadequate in their lives and And people come to you from, I mean, like our previous caller and he says, look, this is my situation, but um, I'm glad because you're doing this particular thing because there is a certain level of relatability Mm. about those particular issues. And if you look at it actually and you broaden it, I think whether you have uh, a particular challenge in life, everybody has had a certain problem. Something has happened to them for them to feel inadequate, and they don't want to. They want to live that way. They want to break through that. And when they see you doing it, it represents that, even if they don't have the same condition that you have. You know, so I think there is that level of well, guys, thank you. Um, I, I appreciate it, but it does. I do feel that responsibility, but at the same time, I think there is a, a sadness in that people don't really expect you to be confident, you know, mm. to to be a particular way. If you're, oh, my gosh, you know, you're so happy and, oh, you're so confident. Oh, we like the way you carry yourself. And people would say things like, you're very confident for the way you are, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think there is that expectation that you aren't expected to be a particular way because you look a, a particular, particular way, way, you know. Mm. And that's the reason why we build stronger narratives. You know, that's the reason why we use media to build these narratives, to for 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 confidence and self-esteem to be an expectation for anybody and not for it to kind of be a, you're an anomaly, you are this amazing person because you are confident. You're supernatural. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Tando,
0: thank you so much. Really enjoyed the chat. Going to be looking out for that book um, as soon as it does come out. And all the best um, as you go forward. Because honestly, I think that you're not just flying the flag high, um, for South Africa, but just as an African woman in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. That's Tanda Hopat bringing us up to date with what happens abroad when she did, of course, that Pirelli shoot, but also just the narrative that she'd like to see when it comes to um, South Africa in general. We are going to-